Good morning. How is everyone? Good. Are you toasty warm sitting there together? Get a little closer, huh? Well, welcome. We're so glad you're all here this morning. Welcome to you at home online. We're glad that you're here. I hope you've got your cup of coffee and you're ready to start worshiping Jesus with us this morning. Let's all stand and we will begin to worship 
Jesus. morning and say good morning. I'm glad you made it in the snow. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to see you.
let's all come together and we're just going to welcome the Holy Spirit in here this morning. We're glad that he's here. When we got here this morning, we prayed over you guys. We prayed that you'd come and that you'd be ready to receive him this morning. So let's just pray and ask God to just come fill us up and come meet us here. Lord Jesus, thank you for being here in this place. Thank you for getting each person here safely this morning, Lord. We are grateful for you, Jesus, and we welcome you here. And we just pray that every person here, Lord, feels you moving, but feels welcome and knows that they're loved. And Jesus, we love you, and, and we just give this back to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
for being good, Lord. You know, he's just so awesome to us. It's been a hard year for so many people. It's been scary. He's had a lot of things going on, but he's working in the middle of it. And there's goodness in it. And sometimes we just have to look and be quiet and take a deep breath and just say, Jesus, show me. Show me what it is that you're doing. And even if you don't tell me the plan, which is what I always want to know, he always shows me that he's good in the middle of it. And while I'm waiting, anybody else while you're waiting? It's hard to wait sometimes, but he's still there. He's still moving. He's still in control. He still loves us a whole lot. And he's still good. that we thought were dead, breathing in life again, you cause your son to shine on darkest night, for all that you've done
Good morning. Let's uh, pray together as we begin. Lord God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity that we have this morning to worship and praise you. We lift our hearts to you, God, and we say uh, with all that we are, thank you, God, for this day. Lord, as we are opening our hearts to your word and to a message, God, that has uh, been prepared, has been uh, delivered uh, from you, Lord, we pray that our hearts will be prepared and ready to accept everything that uh, you have to, for, to, for us this morning. Lord, encourage us and inspire us, challenge us, convict us, Lord, help us, God, to uh, see your face and to be determined even more to seek you and to win the lost for you in Jesus' name. We thank you, God, for this day, for all that you've done, all that you're going to do, and together we say... Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, a couple of things this morning as we begin. I want to let you know, I just have uh, some great news. Eric actually shared this with me. Um, we are at uh, Woodland Life Church. We're kind of getting this understanding in our community that we're folks that want to help others. And uh, we actually got a call this week and we were told Walmart has three pallets of clothes and shoes um, is there anything you can do that you guys know about that can help us you know, to, to move these into people's hands that need them? And uh, Eric was like, yes, exactly. Three pallets, that's wonderful. So we got that to Storehouse Ministries, and uh, good things are happening. We at our church are making a difference, and people are starting to notice that this church cares. So we're thankful for that. Yes, we give God a hand for that. This weekend, we've had such a good time uh, with our uh, leadership retreat. Now, when I say retreat, that sounds like we just kicked back and uh, we were you know, laying back in hammocks and all, but that's not the case at all. It was a long day, but it was a great day. Your leaders here at the church left inspired. They left encouraged. They left challenged. And, uh, and I believe with even a stronger uh, just uh, vigor uh, to reach the lost no matter what and we're thankful for that if we aren't about reaching our community then what are we here for amen so today uh, I, I'm thankful to have him with us as well uh, but uh, but before we do that I want to ask we take our tithes and offerings this is our time of worship as well when we worship the Lord by saying thank you God for what you've given us thank you for uh, the fact that you've 
uh, provided our needs. Uh, we have had ups and downs in our lives, but you know what? We've never gone without a meal, and we've never seen God not provide. And, uh, and so I am thankful to be able to give of my tithes and offerings this morning as well. Let's just pray over the tithes before, as they, our ushers begin. Lord, we thank you for the ability to give. We thank you, God, for all that you have blessed us with. And it is our true act of worship to be able to give this morning just a little bit of what you've given so much to us of. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As our ushers come, I also would like to ask our kids to come up, and they are going to give their offering here, and then you're dismissed to go to Children's Church as well. All right, kids, you are dismissed. Um, take just a moment to introduce uh, Pastor Dave Ramsey. Um, Pastor Dave has been uh, a friend, um, my mentor. Um, He's helped me when I wasn't sure I was going to be able to keep moving forward, and uh, he has been faithful and true to me and my family, and I'm thankful for him. He has uh, served well, not only within our denomination, but he is uh, was the vice president of operations for Joanne uh, Fabrics, um, and uh, then also went on to be the executive pastor at Colorado Springs First Church. While he was there, that church went from 300 to 1,300. Thank you, and and we. Um, and then he went on from there to Highland Park, which is a church that is running well over 3,000 now, just doing an incredible job there, and also works as the assistant district superintendent for the Florida District. Um, it is my privilege to, to introduce him to you, uh, but my friend, but my mentor, and, uh, and a man who has a heart for God and for winning the loss to Jesus Christ. Would you give him a warm welcome this morning? Well, I appreciate that. Um, Matt and Jackie and Kennedy, which we love very dearly, um, they're good people. They have a heart for God, and and I know you, you love them, and I would just say just keep loving on them. Keep giving them a lot of grace because they're just trying to follow God and to bring as many people in these last days that we're in uh, to Christ. So uh, it's, it's been uh, fun being able to know them and to see him mature and to uh, see how he got here to, uh, to Woodland Park. Yesterday I was uh, able, to, before I say that, wasn't worship awesome today? I, I tell you, you're, you're blessed with, uh, with worship like that, and, and it really just brought me right into the presence of God, and, and I really... Uh, do appreciate that. But yesterday I was able to spend uh, a day with your pastor and your church board and and uh, looking at where you are as a church and reviewing uh, how well we're fulfilling the purpose and the mission that God has for this church and why it's placed right here in this community. 
I do know that your pastor and your church board, they want to become a church that is bringing lost people to Christ. They're wanting to see uh, older, mature believers to to be matured even more. They're wanting to see the the young, uh, saved uh, Christians to be able to mature in their faith. And they're just not happy with a community that is full of God's lost children and that we are not bringing them to Christ at the level that I'm going to say I believe that we have the ability uh, to do. Uh, They know that as leaders, if we stay the same and if we keep doing the same thing that we've always done and expect something different to happen, well, that's probably not going to to happen as well. So as I met with them uh, yesterday, as good as they are, I do know this. Everything that they're going to try to do is, is not going to be perfect. Uh, in fact, uh, I could probably say that everything you do is not perfect. Uh, I can definitely testify, and my wife can tell you, that everything I do is not perfect. Uh, but uh, I do know uh, that we are imperfect people, and if we have accepted Christ into our life, we are saved by grace and we're moving forward uh, with him. Uh, But these leaders that you have right now, they would like to see and lead this church to have kingdom results. And here's what I know. I personally had rather follow leadership that is trying to do something, even if they make mistakes, to bring people to Christ. Some of them, which could be our children, some of them could be uh, our grandchildren. But doing nothing different and seeing our community of loved ones really and quite frankly are just dying and going to hell because no one has taken the time to try to share Christ with them. Rick Warren, the pastor of Saddleback Church in California, said this one time. He said, when we don't care enough here in our heart and passionate enough about lost children of God, our desire to make changes and to be faithful in trying and fruitful, trying to bring his children back to him. What we're really saying is, is just die and go to hell because I'm not going to change. I like it the way things are. A sad thing, and, and I do work on the district in uh, in Florida, and if you read and study uh, uh, surveys and stuff like that that they've done in churches over the past few years, uh, they come, sadly, uh, enough to to say that over 40% of all churches in America last year did not win one person to Jesus Christ. Not one. I... I grieve over that. I grieve because the mission of the church is to go when the lost, baptize them, and mature them in the faith so that they can remain. These were Christ's last words to us before he left. And if you want to pay attention to what's important, 
pay attention to the last words on the lips of somebody that is dying because it's going to be critical. And these were Jesus' last words to us. The main thing for the church is keeping the main thing the main thing. There's a lot of things that come at us, even in our personal lives, to distract us and keep us off of what the main thing in our life really is. We get off track spiritually. We get off track uh, in, in other things that come in and keep us busy. And I believe Satan uses busyness to take us away from the focus because he knows if we have an encounter with Jesus and we maintain that, account, that encounter with him, things are going to happen because we are with Jesus. And so our responsibility is to try to keep in our personal lives the main thing, the main thing as well as in the church. And the last things that, that Christ told us was to go and to win the lost. And so if, if we do this, we can become fruitful that, like he desires the church to be. Now, who is the church? Well, that is you and me. And if that's us, then I'm going to say that should be our main focus as well. So let me give you a heads up here. Uh, yesterday, your pastor and your church board and your leadership made some decisions yesterday, and here's a few of them that I'm just going to tell you about. One is they're going to be praying. You know, there's a lack of prayer in the church today. You know, there's two things that Jesus said about his church. One is he wants it to be full. He said, go out into the highways and, and byways, and he, the scripture in some version says, and drag them in so that my house can be full. That's one thing he said about his house. The second thing he said is, my house is a house of prayer. And yet, that is not one of the main things. And yesterday, I believe your board has discovered and has realized we need to make prayer a focus. Because when we do, we pray down the power of God to do things that we cannot do. And I would tell you this, if you're facing some critical things in your life right now, prayer can change things. So I'm going to tell you, become a praying person and become a praying church, and that's what they're going to be doing as leadership, leading in prayer. They are also going to be seeking God's direction. What does God have for them? They're going to be developing a plan to see how better we can go about ministering in this community and bringing more people to Christ than we ever have before. They're going to show you and train you how to accomplish the mission that God has given Woodland Park Church. They're going to ask you to invest some of your time. They're going to ask you to help the church fulfill its mission and its calling. They're going to implement some changes that may be necessary to implement uh, the mission that God has given this church. They're going to experiment. They're going to make some mistakes. But they're going to keep trying until the church is doing the main thing very well.
So now what, what can you do? <laughs> what can you do? Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. Number one is you can pray for your leadership. You can pray how God can use you and how God is going to tap your shoulder and say, this is what I want you to do. The church is going to need you. New ministries probably will, will start up. New positions to be more effective in what we're doing uh, will be asked of you. A new mindset of doing things with excellence uh, will be coming. You know, uh, it says, whatever you do, do as unto the Lord. Um, I, I see businesses today. And I gave a, a couple of examples uh, to the board, but you take, uh, and I mentioned uh, a food chain, a fast food chain, if, who has the best customer service there, and it was instant. They all, they all said the same one. And businesses that are thriving today are doing so because they are doing things with excellence. And you know, we cannot just do things in a mediocrity way in the church. And I believe it also, I'm going to say, weakens our passion for the Lord. But when we're driven, when we're driven to do things well, to please our Lord, to bring honor and glory to Him, I believe people begin to notice things in a different way. And I believe excellent attracts people. Here's what else you can do. You can cut your pastor and your church board some slack if they do something uh, that just doesn't work out. Uh, I, I know this. They don't sit there and say, okay, now let's make a decision here and let's see how many people we can tick off if we implement this program. I know that they don't do that. You know, I'm reminded of the story that... Um, this guy was at work, and uh, in the morning, uh, he was served with papers, and he opened it up, and it was divorce papers. And um, that afternoon, his boss called him into the office and said, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to let you go. And so he gets in his car. He's driving home two blocks from his house. He has a wreck. He totals his car. And now he says, well, I'm just going to walk home. And he gets home and he walks up in front of his house and it's on fire and his house is almost burned to the ground. And he raises his hands in the air and he says, why me, God? And he hears this voice coming out of the sky and he says, uh, I don't know, but there's just something about you that ticks me off. Well, they're not going to try to tick you off on purpose, I can tell you. So, but they probably will make some mistakes. So I'm going to ask you to give them some grace, but they're going to be trying to effectively do what God has commanded the church to do. I'm going to ask you, don't criticize, but encourage. You know, criticize brings people down. Encouragement lifts people up. I want to tell you to celebrate the good things that God is going to be doing. Celebrate the things that are happening and the attempts that we make to do great things for God. I'm going to tell you that one thing that I've learned is 
is that change is necessary uh, to stay uh, ahead of, of how society is changing. And I'm not saying we change the word of the gospel, but I'm saying that sometimes we have to change how we present that gospel. And so I'm going to say learn to embrace change because we have to do that if we're going to stay effective. You know, preferences uh, are not important. It's just a preference. But being effective in bringing lost people to Christ is critical. So I'm going to ask you to embrace whatever changes are necessary because I think some will be coming. So I'm going to say become a part of the solution uh, and if you can't become part of the solution, then just be quiet. Uh, I, I, I know this, and my dad told me this, told me this a long time ago, and I, I've told people the same thing. You know, you find what you're looking for. If you're looking for something to criticize, you know what? You can find it. You can find it everywhere. But happy people, they find something to be happy about, and so they are more happy. So I'm just going to tell you this today and ask you to do this. Help become part of the solution here to where we can become more effective in bringing people to Christ. And then I'm going to say give grace and give a lot of it. I need grace, and I know that if we give, we will receive. So I'm going to give as much grace on earth because I need as much of God's grace when I get there. And so I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. And then I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm going to ask you to pray that God will help you to become fruitful for him. The Bible says that every good tree will bring forth fruit. And I believe that's something that we all have to do. So I'm going to give you a secret that I believe that Satan has used against members of the church across the country uh, as a whole, one that has hindered the body of Christ of being effective as they should be. You know, if you were a basketball player and you were on a basketball team, would you rather be sitting on the bench or would you rather be in the game? Well, personally, I'd rather be in the game. You know, my daughter-in-law, uh, a couple months ago, she said, you know, um, my grandson is 10 years old. She said, Eli is going to be playing basketball at the church. Wouldn't it be nice if you would be the coach? So I said, okay, I'll, uh, I'll be the coach. So I've never coached 10-year-olds before, uh, but it is quite challenging. Um, they just want to dribble. They want to shoot. They don't understand about teamwork. They don't understand about passing the ball yet, uh, but we're learning that. But uh, the interesting thing is, is they all want to play. And last week, I have two tall players that are about like this, and all the rest of them are about like this. My two tall players fouled out of the game. So I'm looking down the bench. I said, you want to play? Oh, yes, I want to play. Well, you're going to have to play center. They're tall. They didn't care what position. They just wanted to play. So I put them in. Now, 
I don't claim to be the best coach, I can tell you that right now, but I did tell the, the young boy this. I said, now, they're taller than you, and they're going to shoot over you, but here's what you do. When they get ready to shoot, I just want you to push them a little bit. That's all you have to do. <laughs> I said, to get them off balance, and they probably will not make the shot, but I know you can't jump up and stop the shot, but you can push. You got that? He goes, yes. They didn't care. They just wanted to play. And when you're in the game, that's when you begin to have fun. But I have seen over the years that Satan has lied and made us comfortable with watching and sitting on the sidelines and not using our gifts or participating in the game at the church. That is winning lost people or greeting or having a ministry or serving in some capacity. And we have forgotten the joy like these young players have just getting into the game some way. We have forgotten of the joy and the happiness that there is in serving Christ. It takes everyone using their talents for the church to be effective at a peak level. And if we are not using our gifts that God has given us, we are robbing the church of a talent that it could use. So I, I'm going to say it takes everyone, and I'm going to just point blank ask you, get in the game here. Get in using your gifts. Volunteer somewhere. In Matthew 25, 14 through 30, and you've heard this story many times, but it's still good today. It's about the master that was going away for a, a, a journey, and he brings three of his uh, people together, and he gives to one person five talents or five bags of gold. He gives another one two, and he gives another one one. And he left on his journey. The Bible says that the man who had five, and we overlook this word that's in there, immediately, not after months, but immediately went to work helping to make sure that that five bags of gold or five talents was earning at that particular point. This, the one that had two, he went out and did the same thing. But the one that got one went and hit it in the ground. Well, the master came back, and he was asking for an account. And it says that the one that was five, excitingly, came to the master and said, hey, you gave me five bags. Guess what I've got? I've got five bags more. And the, the master said, well done. Now, when you get to heaven, that's the first word you want to hear. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. But that's what he said right here. 
And he said, enter into my joy, my happiness. Because you did this, I am going to give you more. Second guy, same thing, happily. You gave me two, look what I've got for you. Two more. And he said, oh, well done. Because you was faithful in a little, I'm going to give you more. Enter into my joy. But the man who received one said, Master, I knew that you were a hard man. I knew that you harvested where you've not sown and gathered where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. And I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here it is. I'm giving it back to you. And his master said this. You wicked, you lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I didn't sow and I gathered where I didn't uh, scatter seed. It would have been better for you if you had just taken my money and put it in the bank where I could have, like today, earned 0.5%. It would have been better if you had done that than hide it in the ground. Uh, So he said, you know what? Just take that bag from him and give it to this one over here that has five. For whoever has will be given more. Now here's a couple things in this story that I've noticed. Our responsibilities, we are called to perform, are suited for our situations and the talents that we have received. We're also given the ability to improve our talents that we receive. Notice this. The master distributes the talents. No one can say that God has given them a talent, has not given them a talent, or complain about the talent that God has given them. He gives us each gift that sets us up, each of us, to succeed. Don't envy the one with five if you're the one with two, because the one with five has to work harder, (laughs) and he's going to be accountable for a lot more. This I know. He knows just how much to give you so that you can be productive and be producing the most for him that you possibly can. For some, five talents would be too many. For some, one talent would not be enough. But the master knows just how much to give you. And God is not going to give you talents that you will not have the ability to succeed. But here's what I have learned. Satan has come along and said, You cannot do that. You're not suited for that. You won't be successful. You're going to look stupid when this fails. And so we just sit on these talents and we don't use them. And God wants you to at least attempt to use them. And I believe this. If you do attempt to use them, I don't believe you're going to fail. Because God says, I'm giving you this because I know your ability. I'm the one that created you. You were on the shelf. And before I ever put you in 
your mother's womb. I gave you your personality. I gave you your abilities. I gave you everything. I gave you your looks, your size, your height. I created you perfectly. And he does not give us these talents for us to fail. He gives them to us so we can succeed. And notice that these two gentlemen that got the five and the two, they immediately went and put them to use. So I'm going to ask you today, do you, do you have a talent? I'm going to tell you if you don't believe that, yes, you do. So I'm going to tell you immediately, go now and start banging on the church doors and say, I've got some talent and I want you to start using it right now because I want my father to be happy with me. And when you do, this is what happens, the master praised them with praise because they were faithful and returned more. And not only that, he promised to give them more. The one who had nothing left with nothing. So if we want to have something, I'm going to tell you, invest in the kingdom. When we use our gifts and talents for the Lord, we're actually going to be more motivated, we're going to be, have much more joy, and we're going to be a lot happier. And I know this, when you're working in the church and your mind is on your ministry, it's not on every other thing that might not be like your taste or, or, or what you would have done and you might have done it differently. It's going to be focused on what you're doing and you're going to be very happy and everybody else will be a lot happier as well. So I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to ask you to get in the game. Get here, start serving, and be a part of helping this church change this community and bring God's lost children to him. I'm going to leave you with this thought. God wants bold people doing bold things. Today, when we hear about bold Christians, we think about somebody on a corner with a bullhorn shouting, get saved, and all this. We may think of people marching on the streets for a, a cause. Um, but biblical boldness is tied to something more significant. Boldness in the Bible was tied to life change and a testimony to the source of that change. When we read in Acts uh, chapter 2 and 3, we read about Peter and John whenever they uh, were coming into this town. And as they were approaching and they were getting to the gates, there was a man there that had been lame from birth. He was not able to walk. And as they got closer, this man was looking at them, expecting them to do something, to give him something. And as they approached, they saw him, and they knew he wanted something, like money. And he looked at him and said, you know, we're not off well financially, but what we have we're going to give you. Now, just think of your talent just for a minute. We're going to give it. But what we have we're going to give you. 
be healed in Jesus' name. Immediately, the guy got up, and he began to run and shout for joy. You know what happened to Peter and John because of this? They were thrown in jail for that. But the next day, they had a trial. Not like today. They had a speedy trial the next day. <laughs> it's not held off for months and months, but they had a trial the very next day. And Peter and John did this. They testified that Jesus was the source of the healing. And Jesus was the source of healing of all the needs in humanity. Now, here's the key verse in Acts 4 and 13. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they realized that these men were unschooled. They hadn't gone to seminary. They hadn't done anything like that. That they were ordinary men. And they were astonished. But they took note of this that these men had been with Jesus. That these men had been with Jesus. This boldness was a result of them spending time with Jesus. I know we get very busy. I get busy. But if we don't spend time with Jesus, here's what I know. I probably won't hear everything I need to hear as a father and now as a grandfather that I need to know that I can help my children. I, I, won't, I won't hear the things that might stop me from having some problems because I have just been too busy. What does bold churches look like today? Here's what it is. Number one is they, they prioritize prayer. They have prayer as number one. They are comfortable with disruption and change. They seize opportunities to share Christ. You know, we've done a lot of people a disservice on on thinking about what witnessing really is. Let me give you a heads up here. It's not going necessarily door to door, even though that's a way. But a lot of times, it's a coworker that comes up and stands right in front of us and says, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've got this boy of mine that he is now, he's taking drugs, and I don't know what to do. And here's my opportunity you know what, let me share something with you. One time, my son was on drugs. And here's what happened. We began to pray for him. We began to help him and, and steer him in the right direction. We wasn't afraid to share with him his answer was Christ. We began to do that. Can I pray with you? That is, I'm going to say, personal evangelism right there but we don't look at that today. We actually miss a lot of opportunities to do that. We face opposition, but we persist in hope. 
we become outreach focused when we are a bold church and not inward focused. They're in the community and they're known by the community and they are found safe and they're not judgmental. The church is full of ordinary people who've been with Jesus. So let me ask you this. Do you spend enough time with Jesus? These weren't extraordinary men doing miracles. These weren't extraordinary people doing huge, I mean, they were doing huge things for Christ. They weren't trained and educated in a way that most people think we should, but they did spend time with Jesus. And I know this, a church that spends time with Jesus is a church that Jesus joins and helps that church do the impossible, and he makes it possible because we spend time with him. So I'm going to ask you to do this as a church. I'm going to ask you to spend time with Jesus. I'm going to ask you to pray. I'm going to ask you to cut time in your calendar to make the main thing the main thing. I am going to pray. I'm not going to be too busy. I'm not going to let my schedule dictate my time with God. I'm going to dictate. And you know what I learned? I do manage my calendar. I can make time for anything. You can too. And I'm going to tell you, carve time in your calendar to spend time with Jesus. Here's what I know. Families today need fathers that have been on their knees praying for their kids and praying that they can be a godly influence in their home. Mothers that spend time on their knees where they're praying for their children and their grandchildren so they can be an effective person in that household and heading off the things that Satan is trying to steal their kids away. And it's hard to steal those kids when you've been with Jesus and Jesus is in that home protecting your children. I do know that. So I'm going to ask you to spend time with Jesus. And I'm going to also ask you to get in the game. I'm going to ask you to start to use your talents for him. Don't let Satan rob you of the joy that God has for you if you're involved in the church doing a ministry. Every ministry in this church is important. It doesn't matter if you're cleaning the restrooms. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're in the parking lot ministry or if you're in the greeting or if you're in the worship team. Everything is important. And God wants us to use those gifts. And he says if you don't, he looks at you as wicked and lazy. Don't be that person. Use your gifts. Using them is critical, and this community needs that. So to those who get in the game, I know this. Your leadership here is committed to train you and to help you to plant seeds of hope in this community. And as soon as you volunteer for a ministry or to serve in the area, they're going to help you. So all I need from you is I need you to say yes. Your leadership is going to try to be kingdom-minded. 
They're going to try to help this church be a kingdom church, a soul-producing church, a growing church, a, a church that grows and, and, and matures believers, a church that has a place for you to serve, a sold-out church for Jesus, a church that has an encounter with Jesus every week. So remember this. Try your best to keep the main thing the main thing in your life. Satan wants to rob you of that. I just read a book on spiritual warfare. He's out to steal our kids. He's out to make the church ineffective. And as long as we follow that and believe those lies, he's got control. But I can tell you this. We had Jesus on our side. We have victory on our side. We have winning on our side. All we have to do is get in the game and spend time with Jesus. Would you do that? Hopefully some of you will. Would you do that? Yes. All right. That's what we want to hear. All right, I'm going to pray for you, and I thank you for the time, and I know this wasn't one of those inspiring sermons, but I want to just challenge you that Become the church that Jesus wants you to be. Become a part of that. Use your talents for him. And receive joy that he has waiting to give you. And you will be a thrilled and happy producing person. And that's what God wants for you. That's what we want for you as well. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for the opportunities that you give us to serve you. I thank you that you have gifted us each, that you, before we were ever born, placed gifts and talents within us. And I do know that you wanted a return on that investment that you've made in us. I pray, Lord, that some here today that are afraid to take a risk, I pray that you will make them bold, that they will take a risk and find out that uh, you're going to make them successful. I pray that others that have a fear of just uh, maybe failing, I pray that you would help them to overcome that and get in the game. For others that have uh, allowed other priorities to come into to their life and they're storing up treasures on earth and not putting up any in heaven, I pray that you would help change their mind and help them to, to give their talents and their gifts and their offerings to help this church be effective as well. I pray, Lord, that that you would let your anointing be placed upon uh, everything that this church and the leadership tries to bring your children to him. I, to you, I pray that you would bless every effort and may much fruit come forth because of us working for you. Lord, I, I pray that you would help each one in here to begin today to have a passion to have an encounter with you not just a one-time encounter, but a daily encounter because we love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. And Lord, um, I would just ask that you would help each one in here pray this prayer. Search my heart, O oh God, and see if there's anything in there that is offensive or that I'm lacking to do for you that you want to do through me. Would you point that out to me so that I can do it and uh, bring honor and glory to you? 
So, Lord, again, I pray that every seed that this church sows in this community and through this body of believers will bring forth much fruit in your kingdom. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Dave, thank you. Let's give Dave a hand and God hand. It has been good to hear these words. I am encouraged this morning uh, in many ways, but I want to tell you this. I have no, uh, I just have no doubt that God has great, amazing plans for this church. Not only has he done great things in days behind, but we have great days ahead of us in Jesus' name. And we're going to try things that maybe we've never done before, but here's the reason why we're going to try them, is to reach people for Jesus Christ. Amen? I tell you, Paul says, we'll do all things, oh, of course, morally and ethically. <laughs> he, he tries to become all things to all people so that some, maybe someone, would come and know the Lord. Well, I want to challenge you, just as we've heard this morning, man, get out there and be what people need to see Jesus every day. And as we move forward together, I want you to know that as your leader here and as the, the, your leadership, as I represent them as well, I want you to know that we have a heart for seeing this church grow and make a difference in the kingdom. And we have a kingdom mindset and we know that God has already won the victory. We're claiming it one life at a time. So we're going to do that together. I am proud of you, thankful for you, looking forward to our days as we move forward. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. So let's just pray. I'm going to have to, after I pray, I'm going to have to leave real quick, and I'm going to hand it over to Lori and Eric, but we've got to get Dave to the airport quickly. But uh, thank you for your time here with us this morning. Lord, we just pray, God, that you will take the words, the seed that was just given to us this morning, and we pray, Lord, that you will just plant it deeply into our hearts and our souls. Every person here is going to hear a different message, I believe. It's going to be one that is custom-made for them, Lord. But help each one of us to look to you uh, as we are listening and hear, God, what you ask us to hear in the midst of it. We pray, God, that you will give us strength and give us excitement and give us the conviction and confidence to move forward, knowing, God, that greater is you who are in us than the one who is in the world that is against us. Make us, Lord, a kingdom-building place, a center of life, God, for this community that cannot be put out. We pray this in Jesus' name, and together God's people say, Amen. Amen. Great to be with you today. Well, I'm excited. Is anybody else excited? I mean, people coming to Jesus, nothing's better than that. That's why we're here. So um, Eric and I are going to be up here. Uh, we want to pray with you. This, this is something that we as staff, uh, this is the best part. We get to have one-on-one -on -one with you. So if, if you need prayer, we're here for that. If, if you're new, we really want to meet you. So please come up, say hi. We won't bite. I promise I'll wear my mask. And um, we would just love to be able to talk with you guys and, and just uh, meet your needs through prayer or whatever else you, you may need. So feel free to come up, and we will be praying with you. Otherwise, you guys have a wonderful, wonderful week. We will be praying for you through the week. 
And um, let's all stand together, and um, we'll just end with one more prayer, because there's just never enough prayer. I just love it. So, Jesus, thank you for each person here. Lord, I pray that you will go before them as they walk out these doors, Jesus, into their mission field. And, Lord, I pray that this week you'll give every single person here an opportunity to see you and an opportunity to tell someone about you and just to love on them the way that you would if you were standing right there. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for meeting us here today. Search all of our hearts, Jesus. I do pray that. And, Lord, I just pray that uh, you will be with us as we go. We love you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Eric and I will be up here. And Scott may even come up here as well. So have a great week, everyone. Extravagant, your friendship.